This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. नमस्कार अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते आई एम अभिनंदन सेखरी बैक ऑन द हफ्ता थैंक यू ऑल फॉर ज्वाइनिंग अस टुडे ऑन द पैनल वी हैव ऑन द फोन शिवम विज ही इज अ जर्नलिस्ट एन इंडिपेंडेंट जर्नलिस्ट ही इज बेस्ड आउट न्यू डेली यू मस्ट हैव रेड मेनी ऑफ हिस पीसेज वेर एवर दज इलेक्शन ही लैंड अप देर ओनली दैट्स वो लाइक डूइंग जहाँ इलेक्शन हुई तुम जस्ट उसी शहर चले जाते हो या गाँव जर्नलिस्टिंगली Okay, and the one who doesn't watch the one TV but catches up in the reading, Anand Vardhan. Hi, Anand. Hello. Hello. All good with you? Yes. So I'll quickly just plug once again: when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. And when you give your data to others, then it is breached and sold to others, and so on. So uh, do subscribe to News Laundry. Help support independent media. If you don't like us, support others, whoever you do like. But unless you pay. it ain't going nowhere on that note i will just quickly go over the stuff that we hope we can discuss and whatever we can find the time for in the 60 minutes we have or 90 whatever we choose to do today the nda shake up the telugu desam party has decided to move away from the nda and has asked for a no confidence motion for the last two parliament sessions they did not allow it to come up did anything happen today has anyone watched parliament no okay so we'll discuss a bit of that Raj Thakre on the in the, in the wake of Actually, this in mm. Parliament, what happened? Everybody shouted, ran into the well, screamed and yelled, and nothing was passed. And nothing. So yeah, I'm, went I'm doing what a very old friend of my brothers used to do when, while sitting in London, did live coverage for the BBC of funerals of state leaders in India, and the crowds are milling, and he's sitting in London. <laughs> so he didn't know. Huh? So you can say the same. The same general thing applies <laughs> yes, for all. Yes. In the wake of the um, sudden, uh, you know, distancing themselves from the NDA, Raj Thakre urges everyone to defeat the BJP and ask for Modi Mukt Bharat. I found that speech very funny. Then the Facebook data scandal. This is huge. It is basically taken everyone from you know uh, the U.S. Uh, lawmakers, Mr. Mark Zuckerberg there, to our law minister here, who issues out the most ridiculous empty threats always. He's issued one more. But this is of recent times. Uh, I would say the it's a, the biggest international problem that has emerged. Yeah, it's a common across platforms. Yeah. yeah. Then there was a Congress plenary, the 84th Congress plenary. I watched Sidhu's speech. Did Did you watch <laughs> it, um, Shivam? Were you there for the plenary? No, I saw it on TV. Okay. What do you think of Sidhu's speech? Sidhu's speech. Well, he was trying to say, "I'm a Congressman. I'm a Congressman. I accept that. Don't consider me outsider because the story apparently is that he hopes to be successor and be CM of Punjab." Can you imagine? Did any of you see the video clip that's going around about his past statements? Yeah, yeah, the same. Yeah, she, he married him. I mean, he's it, off in the head. No, he's not. I think this is what all of them do, and it's just become obvious with him. Yeah. Sure. Then at Congress plenary session, Sonia attacked Modi and said BJP slogans are drama bazi as opposed to the Ho Raha Bharat Nirman, which was the most effective ad campaign ever, right? The Lingayat Rao. For those of you who don't know, there is an old-standing demand of a community 
in Karnataka called the Lingayats and there has been this demand that there should be another religion and it has been recommended uh, by a panel's recommendation and the Karnataka chief minister has agreed. Then the most uh, biggest news made in the last few days was the Iraq tragedy, the confirmation that 39 Indians were in fact killed in Mosul. Yeah. This happened uh, about four years ago. And at that time, uh, Sushma Swaraj had you know, said that we don't have any such information. And this has turned into a political kind of slugfest. We'll discuss this. In fact, I think we should start from this. And the JNU professor Atul Johari being accused of sexual harassment, being arrested and getting bailed within two hours. Um, and then there's Lalu convicted and of course Arvind's apology tour <laughs> so we must end with Season that of apology. because I have a song around that and I'm sure Manisha will have something to say on WhatsApp journalism Z Hindustan's show on Araria Jita Musalman Bana Pakistan Araria Bana Atankistan. Atankistan so there's a lot to do and we also have a couple of letters so let's get straight to it um, let's start with you Shivam on this uh, always picking on me I'm always picking on you. Yes, I'm always picking on you, Shivam, because you always have such interesting things to say. Whether I agree with them or not, they're always worthy of discussion. Uh, in fact, shit, I've forgotten now. You had written something in the print that I disagreed with. Maybe it'll come back to me. But on this, um, and I know Anand's written a piece. Has that is that piece up already on on the 39 Indians? No, uh, that'll go on Patriot first, and yeah, then okay, you'll find it. So, um, so yeah, uh, um, I want to know your view. I mean, do you really blame Sushma Swaraj for misleading people or like, it's a big announcement to make. I mean, is, is it, you think it's okay if, for those of you who don't know, there's one survivor who came, that survivor has given statements to the press that he was forced, he was being forced to say that don't say you saw the people dead. But let's say even mm. if he did, is that enough evidence for the minister to make, to, to commit I mean, do, how do you think it's been mishandled? If so, how? By who? No, boss, that's a lot of evidence. You have one survivor who's an eyewitness. He says, I saw them being shot as I ran. Uh, I think the Indian government, at the very least, looks incompetent. I mean, maybe maybe it's worse. Maybe, maybe they knew they were mistreating the nation and the families. And then they eventually abruptly decide to announce it in Parliament instead of informing the families first. They announce in Parliament and the families come to know on TV. I think the whole thing reeks of incompetence. So, but but you think even, okay, I agree with the latter half. I think on that there is, I don't think there's any other view that the Parliament, before Parliament was informed, they should have been informed. It would be very hard mm. to defend any other view. But on the first part, uh, was there enough mm. evidence for the minister to actually conclusively say that, yeah, they're all dead? Is I mean I I don't know. No, but you, you, you see why were they trying to underplay a survivor and eyewitness who said I saw it happen, right? Right. And when to the chief Sushma Swaraj's statements, since then she kept alive the hope that they could be alive, and we all thought that the Indian government was going to do something to bring them back. Hmm. Actually, yeah, so, on, on that you're right, because if they didn't know one way or the other, I'll just quote what she said, I quote, as per the latest information from multiple third-party sources, they are safe, unquote. So she did commit that they are safe. That that was a, So she should have been non-committal. We don't have information one way or the other. I mean, that would have been more appropriate. Anand, you, you have a view on this? No, it can be one of uh, the consequences of uh, instant diplomacy, that is Twitter diplomacy. Uh, the pressure on governments to indulge in a kind of communication that uh, uh, has uh, means more instant impact. 
so mrs soraz is known for that and she may have blundered on that count mm. but uh, one thing uh, she might have so uh, but one thing that needs to be taken into consideration is the uh, different scenarios post uh, july 2017 and before that uh, the mosul mosul uh, uh, was is controlled right so the flow of information was anyway dubious hmm. it was dodgy information which uh, gov- and government was quoting sources our sources say that they are alive right and so and, they, and they were discrediting this eyewitness account because his they were of the opinion that he escaped faking um, identity of a muslim from bangladesh but uh, he was not present hmm. when the people were shot hmm. so uh, that is the government version uh the uh, what could have been an occasion for uh, reassessing uh, the security of workers overseas who work in conflict zones the issue was uh, the the opportunity was squandered in the, as uh, political slug fest hmm. uh there is uh, also um, i think uh, ministry at the political level not at the diplomat level got too much involved in it a career diplomat uh, handling such communication would not have blundered uh, but uh, the onus on career diplomats is that once the minister has made some statement they have to, have to defend, it. defend it right so madhu yes um i think first of all that sushma swaraj as external affairs minister um does little in terms of international relations as you've seen that it's prime minister narendra modi who's in the forefront with um uh, external affairs when narendra modi travels internationally the um, bureaucrats of the foreign ministry travel with him but sushma swaraj doesn't so in that sense her job is pretty narrow in terms of her job making modi look good uh, like a call center no mm. uh, she's like a call center for help exactly. and she uses twitter for that also so when people call her for help she responds rather refi- efficiently usually mm. so if this is only her job she should have been a little bit more adept at it point 1 point 2 is there is no reason for her to cover up anything because she is not responsible for the deaths in fact it should have been the other way around she should have been an alarmist and said that we fear for these indians lives we're concerned about um, them not being alive when they didn't know and when in fact they did get to know that they were killed she should have been open and transparent about it after all it's not india or her ministry that's responsible for their death so sushma swaraj is basically uh, should have it, india is not responsible for those deaths uh, she should have put it out that we do not know when they didn't know when they knew they should have informed there was no reason for her to not be transparent so this shuffling around and and uh, cover up just makes it look murky for no reason at all right so I she's uh, really not handling i'm not sure whether it was a cover up but uh, it was it a was communication not a disaster it was mis- yeah it was it mishandled was a, uh, uh, and uh, uh, second is what was the timing what prompted uh, it to be declared now now there are a lot of speculations that some political capital being made out of it i don't think this this, uh, this foreign policy decisions uh, carry with them lot of political capital but one rational explanation is that uh, martius foundation which is an iraqi government body 
uh, was expected to come up with this statement and that would have embarrassed government Ooh. so, so they had to somehow preempt it so mm. uh, they had to <laughs> declare it first before the iraqi government body it announces its, itself that indians were uh, killed so yeah uh, so sorry manisha come in but before that just one observation and i am saying this not from third party sources but directly to me i have spoken to people who um, you know work in the ministry of external affairs uh, that their ministry has been turned into just an event management company to make modi look good so no matter where he modi goes and he is doing the whole foreign exchange outreach our foreign ministers just make and and i know for a fact there is some uh, discontent among officials no i've got the other point from mm-hmm. um, officials who work over there they're really pleased that they're dealing with modi directly in foreign relations because they said he's extremely quick on the uptake mm. if there's a foreign uh, uh, if there is a meeting in any uh, foreign country after the meeting narendra modi calls the group together and asks for feedback mm. and usually the what this man told me was that the very young people start doing as is expect they think is expected of them uh, a chaplu see this thing and he shuts them up saying i'm not listening i don't need this fan uh, fanning of egos i don't need this tell me what so when he's told that you know what you said here could be misinterpreted in their culture as this they say he's the quickest learner hmm. that he never makes the same mistake twice Yeah, I mean, his, that so feedback they, could be, but no, I'm saying as I'm far saying as what the ministry the officials that I have spoken to in the external affairs ministry are not unhappy that he's in charge of that because of the way he deals with them. Hmm. Manisha. So I'm I'm a little sympathetic with the minister in the sense that okay, it's fair to say that I we need concrete proof, and only then will we concretely say that these guys are no more alive. And DNA is the most concrete, you know. evidence that you can hand over but the treatment to harjeet masih who was the lone survivor is very curious and you should read this piece in fountain ink which uh, detailed his uh, experience there he basically survived by playing dead so he says that everyone was shot dead i lay there for 20 minutes pretended to be dead and then got out and you know he came back to india he was told not to speak to the media he kept quiet because they had offered him a job and when that didn't work out he then sort of went to the media So that is very bizarre. I mean, you can say that okay, he's an eyewitness, but still, it's just one man's word, and we want to do our proper test before we, you know, announce such a thing. So th- the treatment to this guy was really strange. And secondly, it's not just about saying they kept giving hope to families, saying that these guys are safe. They're in a hotel. We are looking for them. When the DNA samples were also collected, there are quotes from families saying, "We're really scared. We don't know why this is happening. At least tell them that you know your samples are being corrected for this, this, this reason." Hmm. So complete lack of communication with the family, not informing them before you know announcing this on television is reeks of something. I mean, it just makes you feel suspicious of the whole thing, yeah, even I'm if there it could just be like Anand said, a case of mishandling. And also, there was a callousness, at least uh, the way it was reported. I'm not sure one should read exactly the way it was reported. There might be a, a story behind the story, but there was a picture of the families waiting for the dead bodies for two days, not knowing when it was going, their bodies were going to arrive. Mm. So that's very strange. But, but I do. I mean, at least the families should be dealt with properly now. No, no, absolutely. I think there is something to be said of inefficiency, which is. more um you know equal it's an inefficiency is inefficiency but i think mishandling and happened because of inefficiency and also because what is your aim what are you trying to do are you trying to fix a situation or are you trying to make sure that modi looks good yeah my concern is every ministry every decision is how will it make modi look 
इन ट्वेंटी फोर्टीन वैन हिज चेस्ट थम्पिंग हम आइसिस को मिटा देंगे हम ये कर देंगे वो कर देंगे जस्ट एज ही वैन ही अज्यूम्स पावर थर्टी नाइन इंडियंस शॉट बाई आइसिस वुड नॉट मेक हिम लुक गुड सो आई आई एंड आई थिंक आई कैन पुट अप अ फेली कन्विंसिंग आर्ग्यूमेंट अक्रॉस मिनिस्ट्रीज एवरी डिसीजन इज हाउ डज दिस मेक मेक मोदी लुक एंड सो द स्टार्टिंग पॉइंट अकॉर्डिंग टू मी is wrong to confront any situation mm. so inefficiency is not the problem it's something else so uh, yeah shivam now you spent a lot of time in uh, this place gorakhpur and phulpur no only phulpur i didn't go to gorakhpur i didn't go to gorakhpur why is that why well, gorakhpur one is young behave you will win so what is there to see <laughs> <laughs> and obviously <laughs> there was lots to see which you missed i mean gorakhpur who would have thought man Oh, you you have been making some predictions of of late, haven't you? Do you usually make predictions on who's going to win, who doesn't? No, no. Now my default prediction on election is that BJP is winning. That's just default prediction, whether you have reason or not. Well, by even if I feel otherwise, in full power, I will say friends saying, I think I think BJP is losing, but I can't say it publicly. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> like that. So, um, I mean, how important is it according to you? You know, for the polls coming up do these mm. bipoles have any impact or are they at all a uh, gauge of of how they're going to do in the future or are they not connected in your view well before going to phulpur i wrote a piece saying is a phulpur bipole and now we can say gorakhpur as well it was more important than the karnataka elections in being the bell weather for 2019 because uh, this is up This is a BSP SP alliance being tested. The alliance could fail very badly or work very well. And you know, Karnataka is an assembly election, and you know it will pass. But but if the BSP SP alliance is working, that was a key test in UP. So and now we can say that it was working. It was it was beautifully. It was incredibly. Because both Dalits and Yadavs uh, feel they left out of power and they see no option but to come together with each other, and I think their leaderships uh, are within have been forced to come together because of the demand on the ground, hmm. and I think that spells real trouble for the BJP because in terms of um, uh, you know firstly like the Mahagathbandhan Bihar in 2015 or like Bihar even today, UP now has two sides. So the vote got the anti BJP vote will not get divided in 2019. There only one side, mm. and in terms of caste numbers, both sides are equally stacked stacked up with around 50 percent voters. Okay, let now me, it's me. Let, sorry, let me just come in here. I mean, I I never try to predict an election because I I think there is no um, no real way of doing it. But yeah. you said assembly election can also be a bellwether. Of, Actually, there is enough data to suggest that is not the case at all. You know, from two thousand four onwards. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think data stories, but uh, <laughs> data stories. Sure, you know, just all I'm saying is the question in Fulpur and Gorakhpur was that is the BSP SP alliance working? And in fact, I wrote. No, no, I agree saying, on that. On that, I agree. I'm talking about when you mentioned the assembly, the assembly election being like you know, Karnataka assembly election being a bellwether. Right. I'm saying, mm. as, what a uh, 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 bipolar Lok Sabha constituency may be a better, in fact, indicator. I'm saying that mm. an assembly election is has never really been an indicator of of the national election. Sure. Sure. 
So um, so now with uh, TDP walking out, why do you think? Uh, I'll just remind all our uh, listeners who Chandrababu Naidu is, because for those of you who've just voted first time in 2014 or have just come of age, during Atal ji's time, Chandrababu Naidu was called the Chief Minister of India, not the Chief Minister of Andhra, if you remember correctly. He was this guy who's bringing development and IT and this that, and in fact, the likelihood of him losing. Was even more remote than the likelihood of Atal ji losing. I mean, yeah, Atal ji was, was he too would certainly come back. In fact, Mr. Pramod Mahajan was openly issuing warnings to people not to mess with us because we are coming back. And of course, we know what happened there. Chandrababu Naidu's was victory was even more certain, and we know what happened there. So I'm just saying that, uh, that, that he is the perfect example example of you don't know what's going to happen. But why is he walking out now? Uh, Anand, why don't you start? Then you know we can go with Madhu, and then Shivam can come in. No, in the penalty. And is it matter? And does it no. matter at all? So, in the penultimate year of an election, he has uh, or uh, the allies make them open to the electoral market. So uh, the alliance prospects they uh, want to keep it open, and also the incumbent central government. Uh, since uh, Chandra Bunaidu is in power, he will carry with himself some anti-incumbency. So why not be open to alliance with both post-election? Means both players in uh, Andhra Pradesh. So it's a good time so, to be on the shelf. Uh, so uh, a penalty, a penultimate uh, year is an year of resentment of allies generally because with those uh, th that kind of resentment they open up a lot of prospects for post-election uh, scenarios so uh, that is not a very unusual thing to happen uh, second about just one quick point about the analysis of uh, bipolar uh, results so uh, one thing is that within a week from northeast to full uh, fullpur and gorakhpur mm. by election so uh, one thing that came to my mind are we becoming vulnerable to uh, over analysis of election results because uh, from uh, invincibility to vulnerability within mm. a, a space of 15 days so are we s uh, prone to see too many signs in an election result i don't uh, know about uh, we but i think television channels are because yes, so unka yes so uh, uh, because uh, wait eight, eight or nine months all will be proved wise or stupid right. so 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 uh, yeah madhu you want to weigh in on this? Sorry, before you comment, Manisha. Uh, we did discuss this last week, and Sudhir had some interesting Correct. things to say. So, I don't have much no, to add to that. Telugu Desam Party. On TDS only. Oh, I see. Okay, yes, I wasn't there last time. Yeah. Oh, he had only withdrawn. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't there in the half the last time, right? He did, right? He had not withdrawn last week. No, he hadn't. I think he withdrew just. Oh, then maybe I'm talking about a piece by T.S. Sudhir on News Laundry. He's, which he's written a piece. Yeah, yes, he's that, written a that piece. That pretty he much. Was not uh, last. No, no, no. Okay, so I'm confusing it. No, but hey, we have a piece by him on News Laundry, which pretty much explains everything. So don't have much to add to that. So quickly, for those of you uh, listeners who don't want to read and subscribe and pay <laughs> us so that we can quickly tell them because they're lazy. Well, he basically talks about why there is genuine uh, discomfort in his state with BJP over the special status that they demanded. So he does want to capitalize on that. Okay. And I mean, he came to Delhi many times to seek an appointment. He was snubbed. So there's basically an uncomfortable marriage between them. 
right. also to neutralize the YSR Congress, which, yeah. which would uh, gain mileage if, if uh, TDP is unable to convince the Modi government for a special package. Okay, I'm going to quickly read an email after that, Madhu. Could you come in with whichever subject you want to go with, whether it's Arvind Kejriwal's apology? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, so the mail is from... I love this mail. This is from Trafalgar Law. That's the name of our subscriber. And Trafalgar Law has written a 159-worded word mail. Mm. This is what Trafalgar says. This is not an attempt to try and be any clever, for I'm but a pen without any sharpness whatsoever. I hope this works and I don't end up being a bore. Oh, and just so you know, I'm not a Mufat Khor. On that happy note, here's a bit of praise. You're quite a unique bunch. You should all get a raise. You have something that's so refreshing amidst the noise. We should You have something that's so refreshing amidst the noise. I might not like your song at times, but I always like your voice. Should I quickly judge you a bit for I'm running low on words? But hey, I'm too much of an amateur to critique you in verse. So I'll hold my horse of judgment, maybe for another day. Hopefully I'll get better at this, so I'll have more to say. Till then I bid adieu. I'm almost out of juice. I need a song to rejuvenate. Which one should I choose? Trafalgar Law. <laughs> Thank you, Trafalgar. That's a wonderful mail. Thank you for subscribing. Cool. Everyone can get a raise if you can convince like 15, 20 more of your friends to also subscribe. So we have more money. Uh, or some at least. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thanks for your mail. <laughs> Th- thanks for your mail. And... Uh, just one one little thing uh, that you mentioned what word uh, your email is very opportune because yesterday was wor- uh, world, world poetry, poetry day. day so yesterday i tweeted on world poetry that tag your favorite poet with a poem so i tagged kapil sibal because he's my favorite poet because madhu is just Somebody looking at take me it seriously and shaking her head no but i'll tell you you see, you have to take the bigger picture holistic as as anyone else as some minister would say the bigger picture is, what does poetry do? It makes your life better because it makes you see the world in a better way or something else. What his poetry did was that it made him spend less time in wanting to be a minister. Because when he was one, he fucked us with 66A. So I want poetry hi kare. And I want to ask A.R. Rahman, you know, this is, sorry, I'm just ranting a bit, but Madhu, please come in with whatever you want to talk about. I was thinking yesterday on World Poetry Day, A.R. Rahman cut an album with him. A.R. fucking Rahman, who has a bloody Oscar here. Was, was making music for <laughs> Kapil Sibyl's bloody drivel. Maybe well, he didn't remember now, his music now, school. I want to ask him, because you keep talking about I love music. All these guys just suck up to power. Yeah? It's disgusting. Why don't you make one What happens now? when they don't? When Kishore Kumar was blackballed during the emergency. But he did not give in, Madhu. He didn't give in. So he said, fuck you to Sanjay Gandhi. Hmm. These guys can't say fuck you to people in 2018. They should be ashamed. I mean... Can you imagine? I was Poor saying, ab, ab, ab badana uske saath album. Agar uski poetry itti achhi hai, ab banana uske saath album. Ab nahi banayega, kyunki ab wo minister hi nahi hai. I'm an A R Rahman fan. I object to this vilification of my hero. Okay. <laughs> no, it's actually minority appeasement. It's actually very interesting <laughs> aye, aye. that um, how people change uh, social interaction when people uh, when certain people are in power and when they're out of power. For example, uh, a, a couple of months ago, the Congress Party had an event at the um, Jawaharlal Nehru plenary. Mem- mem- Memorial. Uh, no, oh, sorry, this, not the plenary. Uh, okay. The Teen Murthy place. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, 
there was real concern that the turnout would be low because previous two days, two, three days before that, Pranab Mukherjee had had an event and nobody, literally nobody showed up. It was so thin because he was going out of power and um, nobody saw it of any use to them to kowtow to the president of India or to the Congress party. So the Congress party was in a panic because two, three days after that, there was this big event. And they were really scrambling around to ensure that people were there. Subsequently, that had a good turnout. After that, two, three days later, it was a Sunday morning, there was another official event um, commemorating again Jawaharlal Nehru or Indira Gandhi's centenary kuch aisa tha. And we were at a friend's wedding that morning, friend's daughter's wedding. And a friend asked me, uh, where is your husband? So I said, he's gone to that morning thing. He said, why bother? You know they're not coming back in power. Wow. Okay, so this is the story, just to tell you that sentence. And I said to him, that's not what our relationships are based on. Because we, Naresh certainly as a medical professional, does not need any political uh, patronage. patronage. So, but that is how Delhi works. Well, I think that's how most of India would work. But um, do, you, do, you, do you want to uh, weigh in on... Uh, th- then let's just talk about the Congress plenary. What did you think of Rahul's speech? What do you think of uh, Sonia's speech? And even uh, Manmohan made a speech. See, the thing is that I feel the B- uh, Congress party has to put forward um, a plan and s- sort of a manifesto very early in the game on what they are going to offer the country. It's not good enough to simply critique the BJP. We are there already. Pe- people are aware enough. The public is aware enough what is happening in the country and what they feel about the BJP. What they have to offer is a solid alternative. So simply by calling it the Mahabharat and Kauravs and Pandavas and all this is just rhetoric. What they need is a solid plan. So they have to first down. They have to explain themselves on on what they did wrong during the UPA uh, uh, last eight years. And and all the corruption that did happen, all the scams that did happen, they have to somehow uh, come clean with with to the public and clear that slate first, and did then they? and then put forward their plan. So they're following a very old paradigm, which I think hopefully is out of date, which is just focusing on. Allies uh, now, allies now, defeat the BJP. But then, how long will uh, an alliance like that last again? So, it's not politically astute and not forward thinking. That, I think, is uh, both in Sonia's speech and in Rahul's. They have to give more. No, the other thing is that Arun Puri's speech at the India Today conclave. I'm really surprised at how many people interpret it as uh, that isn't a, he's a Congress supporter. Because of what he said about Because of media. what he said. Mm. Because the days of an Arun is old school. And, and your brother. Yeah. So old school thinking is that you speak about things according to the way you believe. On issues, on ethics. on And so what he spoke was his beliefs on those issues, regardless of which party supports those issues. So today's perceptions are so tainted with, are you pro or anti, Hmm. that I think people are not seeing the wood for the trees. I completely agree with you. It's completely polarized. 
um uh, shivam we are talking about the plenary what do you think of it do you think you saw a new congress did you see anything to be um uh, to, to to be surprised or impressed with that they have kind of got a new energy or nothing well for one i'll say they what? they rediscovered as the business standards economic times report they rediscovered narsimha rao cuz now there seem to be a lot of people who work on, vote on economic you know issues so they kind of suddenly reclaimed yeah. narsimha rao and his liberalization but yeah what do you think otherwise well mainly i thought rahul gandhi's speech by his own past standards was very good um you know you have to be charitable and acknowledge when somebody is improving that is improving but part of it is that uh, he is a much more convincing effective speaker in english the moment he switched over to hindi he started faltering there was this bit for instance where he uh, translated this headline from english to hindi the headline was that india has the second highest gst in the world he said dusra sabse uncha gst you know <laughs> you you like gst is a mountain <laughs> or a building <laughs> so but but, uh, but except for that uh, i think uh, it was a marvelous speech by his own standard Uh, I'm not sure if he's, you know, it, it was all speech which Modi gives every day. It's almost that good, but Rahul Gandhi uses once a year. Secondly, I think it was a very big deal for him to break the old guard while the old guard is standing in front of him. The old guard was not meant to sit on the stage. The stage was empty. He said, "I'll fill it with youngsters." Hmm. I think that signaling of that change and that transition in the Congress party. No, Rahul Gandhi and and the young leaders around him, their grouse has been that the transition from old guard to new guard in the Congress has been very slow. If you see in the BJP, it was sudden when Modi pushed Arikarwani aside. In the Samajwadi Party, Agrishara pushed his father aside. But in the Congress Party, that process has been you know going on at Congress speed. Hmm. But finally, Rahul Gandhi. Kind of made a public mention of uh, you know the criticism he had of the old guard, which I thought was a very big deal. Okay, um, Anand, you want to come in? Did you have the good fortune of watching any of the proceedings of the plenary? No, no. I think in Hafta I have spoken a lot about Rahul and Sonia and Congress. Okay, but about the plenary specifically? No, specifically I didn't watch. Okay, Manisha, you have something to add? Yeah, just to your Narasimha Rao thing. I think they better like start talking about him because if they don't, I'm pretty sure BJP will appropriate Narasimha Rao next. After Sardar Patel in a big way, because uh, you, they're going to go to elections uh, in Andhra. and the, the congress did ill treat him quite a bit so it's really works in bjp's thing to say that you know this guy who oversaw liberalism and all that and the congress ill treated him so i think like that's a smart move right um i, I mean there just a couple of things i have on the plenary one is yes there's no doubt about rahul's speech making skills and even manmohan singh's but what i find really fascinating like even including sonia gandhi's interview by the way i thought arun puri's speech was very good at at that um, event where sonia gandhi also spoke to uh, him and um, i think we need more journalists to make such speeches but you're right they're misconstrued as you know being anti part ex party why but my point is sonia's giving interviews manmohan is making speeches 
in opposition everybody is very excited about speaking to everybody and making speeches when in power no modi did this whole series of interviews with everybody when in opposition except us of course but when in power he doesn't want to talk to anyone except maybe arnab or someone that's one issue so this entire you know how you are in opposition because you have nothing to lose in opposition yeah when you like kehte na you want to test a man's character give him power not give him wo jaisa kuch hai na kya hai does anyone know what it is that when you want to really test a man's character give him power and then mm. you see what he's like not when he's a side with nothing tab to sabhi share hote hain because you have nothing to lose another thing i think it demonstrated was that uh, navjot sidhu is insane <laughs> i think that was the second big takeaway from me for, from the plenary no sane man can make such a speech and acknowledging that i had made exactly the opposite speech like a few years ago and i love the meme somebody had made of him touching sonia's feet mm. he said wasn't touching her feet he was picking up a coin he found <laughs> and he put a coin there and uh, regarding rahul's speech about castigating the old guard i don't know if you guys uh, shiva i don't know you won't be old enough to remember sanjay gandhi's speech that he made in no, assam no i'm not bad i think you know <laughs> you weren't even born but madhu the speech i'm talking about is it was it's been written i mean i was also just one year old i don't know if i was born but this speech is very detailed speech it is mentioned in all the books on the emergency it's mentioned in the biography of indira there was a huge congress plenary hogi jo bhi thi it was it was held in assam and he from the stage pretty much told the old guard that you guys fuck off i'm whipping all of you out and i'm taking over you want to mess with me you will not survive here and indra didn't have the guts to contradict him also following that uh, but rahul is about 50 million light years away from also rajiv gandhi's guy. speech in mumbai again to the congress party workers was one of his first speeches after he came to became prime minister and at that point he was idealistic and he thought and he spoke about exactly this that we're going to change the old guard we're going to do this we're going to do that unfortunately or fortunately i don't know uh, sonia gandhi has always trusted the old guard more than the new um mm. she's f- worked for her. she's f- well she's followed indira gandhi's blueprint and i think that has been the lack of creativity on her part uh lack of conceptual thinking and lack of uh she's very good at behind the scenes manipulations she's very good at fixing these kind of alliances but does she have a vision on how she could actually do things differently from what what she is following the blueprint of indira gandhi no i haven't seen any evidence of her creating a new paradigm right so uh, let's quickly move on to uh, the facebook data scandal which has enveloped you know the world the world yeah pretty much everything um manisha you want to give the brief background and weigh in on so it first the brief briefly a researcher named alexander kogan he developed a personality quiz app and uh, on this face- on uh-huh. facebook mm-hmm. uh, i mean for facebook and once you downloaded this on facebook uh, you were essentially giving your details and your friends details to the app about 2 lakh 70000 people downloaded it and because you could get information on the friends so this guy managed to get uh, information on about 50 million facebook users this instead of deleting it he saved it onto a private database which was then sold off to this uh, company called cambridge analytica which is basically an election voter management kind of a company basically looks into election campaigning and there are lots of and alle- steve bannon was on it 
Yeah, and uh, there there was a sting that Channel Four did, where the CEO of this company is talking about how he was able to use this data, influence voters during the Trump uh, campaign. This has blown off, and uh, you've had in India, you've had allegations from the BJP saying that the Congress was in talks with this company, the India partner of this company. The India partner of this company's page shows that it had managed campaigns for the BJP, for JDU, and for Congress. So the debate now is whether uh, the company was using similar dark, quote-unquote, methods to influence voters in India. So, um, yeah, uh, why don't you tell us, Madhu, what you... Well, I'm, I'm confused on one issue that what is the illegality of it? So, for example, you go on somebody's Facebook page. It's usually open to everybody unless somebody marks it private. Mm. But most people have open pages, I would think. And... Um, if somebody takes all that information out of that page, including the friends, is it illegal? Yeah, I mean, you can't, the Ill not illegal, but the breach of sort of the contract is that you can't be selling that data to a third party. So they sold it to Cambridge Analytica. But is that illegal or is it just unethical? It's unethical. It's a breach of the contract, basically, that Facebook has. Is it illegal? Yeah, I don't know. Illegal, legal, I don't know, but it's a breach of privacy contract that Facebook sort of like I can sign up to give my data but then this was also able to fish data of all my friends so that I mean they have not uh, allowed for this app to you know to have their data culled so that is the breach but I mean illegal to nay I mean but it is of course a, a privacy big a big privacy breach also but I'm also always surprised that people are surprised by Facebook doing all this I mean it is a corporation and it's it's central money making uh, its business is data selling data for targeted ads so that's exactly yeah. what for example if you go on youtube and you start watching for example an extreme rightist show the all the recommendations below will yeah. then automatically come to that yeah. if you start watching a leftist show then all the recommendations will come to that so whether it's on facebook or on google or whatever all the all of it is formatted in such a way that the next thing you watch mm. is tailored to what they start believing are your beliefs and sort of feeding into it, making it more extreme to in a political point of view and then gathering more and more followers to what they want in terms of psychological, political and social reform. Or not reform, uh, capturing mm. uh, that group to push them further. And it's also been shown that... Um, of extremism on either side, left or right, is, is more uh, readily and hugely watched than anything middle of the road. Hmm. But do you think like the the data breach or access to such data could influence elections in such a big way? Or influence voters in such a well, big that's, way? Well, that's a question that I've been wondering. That uh, So they start feeding you more and more information and some of it fake even, uh, we, which we've seen in the, in the Russian... Uh, what Mueller's doing, uh, the investigation in Russia, so uh, interference in, in American elections. And I, I don't know if they are convincing people who are sitting on the fence or people who already believe in that and then feeding more into it. It's very difficult to actually gauge the decision a person has made because there's no feedback that how did that particular person finally vote. Because mm. as a journalist, I might be on a rightist or leftist website or YouTube channel simply to see what they're doing, observing. And I think a lot of people 
are doing maybe doing that rather than just uh, f- uh, funneling and and feeding their own beliefs mm. there might be people who are just observing both sides so we don't know so there's i think there are a lot of gray areas and a lot of i think overreaction also because when i put my information out on facebook i know it's pu- it's going to go public so mm. i don't put any personal information out there anyway mm. what about you shivam do you think like what do you have to say about the this influencing elections or the electorate well i think it is the job of political party to influence the electorate it is uh, good old voter persuasion some data may have been illegally obtained for that and the greater problem might be fake news so there are different sets of problems but we have to understand why this has become big issue this is become big issue because it's a political issue in the us is democrat republican like in bjp congress here there midterms coming up the democrats really want to tame facebook they want to punish facebook and if the democrats succeed they will put in place regulations on facebook that have until now not existed hmm. and once those regulations are put facebook could become a very different kind of organization and you know countries all over the world including india could follow suit on that uh, on those regulations so regulations will basically make facebook like an like an editorial product facebook would be held accountable for what goes on the platform it cannot say we don't make content users make content where is the platform now the other thing is that as far as you know madhu asked a very good question about legality because i also wondered about the same it turns out that we are unable to see the illegality here because we in india do not have privacy laws and data protection laws both of which are in us apart from this there are other laws so it turns out apparently there are a number of laws in the us that could apply to facebook and cambridge analytica in this case hmm. also in india culturally we do not really observe other people's privacy and don't expect ours to be respected either mm, it's not in, really in, in, like in america a f- father or mother will knock on their child's bedroom door before entering uh, if my children expected me to do that i would think it very odd mm. and uh, uh, also is, it's very common that a mother in law will sit in the bedroom of newlyweds and just keep sitting there without a thought <laughs> that they might need privacy or vice versa it's not a word that is commonly used what is the hindi word for privacy anand nijata nijata how often do you think it is used no, in con- conversation niji niji baat hai niji means niji means personal. private acha at least personal no niji baat is more ah, like personal, uh, so what do you think often of? is it used in no in not speech much, not much but in official documents it is used in official documents so that's more like uh, confidential rather hmm. than privacy but hmm. what do you think of this whole no, data no, breach confidential is gop, gopniya or something but so Nijita. what do you think of this Uh, yes I, i i agree with uh, uh, shivam and madhu both on different uh, points that uh, uh, for political parties it is just a tool of political communication and uh, um, they will try everything for uh, campaigning including social media but to what uh, uh, critical ma- what critical mass social media has uh, become in their campaign and how it is a different uh, in influence multiplier needs to be seen also there is an arrogance uh, in edu 
assuming that uh, uh, the idiots uh, the idiots who voted for Trump uh, could have voted only if they were manipulated by some kind of information, as if they had no intelligent choice, uh, ability to make intelligent choices. So they co uh, there is also this belief that how, how, how could this happen? And uh, uh, they must have been misled or manipulated to vote so. So uh, there is an arrogance in that also, similarly for Modi, that how, how come uh, he, he gets so much support in 2014? He, he must have been electorate must have been Muslims manipulated have been evil Man, manipulated so as Sivam in one of his tweets said that uh, no the reason was that Trump won because Hillary was a weak, uh, was a weak candidate I think I am quoting, quoting him right because he is here to see so uh, uh, yes so there is al also this kind of arrogance that uh, about use and misuse of data and have we reached to that critical mass where social media is a very critical multiplier there are other things that uh, influence voters choice socialization what kind of social groups they are how, how, uh, what are their individual beliefs so uh, social media can magnify that and uh, but I think social groups, socialization, ideological inclinations, also some are not decided, some uh, swing from one election to another between their choices. Sometimes they vote this, sometimes they vote that. So there are a lot of factors. It would be just dumbing down of political choices to some social media campaign. Actually, I was speaking with two guys yesterday who work for an election management company and they've uh, campaign for both Congress and BJP. So I was asking them, like, do you use this big data? He's like, India may big data ka BB nahi hai. But there's just, <laughs> there's simply not enough data to map, to see, to like then, you know, look at voters and how you can influence them. So he's like, not nothing. Only thing you do have is telephone numbers to send like messages and all too, but that's not because of Facebook that's available on Excel sheets floating in markets. So, so I don't, so can I you guess, please verify with Sivam that have I misquoted him? Shivam? Shivam? No, you have not, but uh, I do not like to be generally reminded of my controversial tweets. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, I think, no, I think the issue is fake news in terms of influencing people in terms of, uh, I mean, the Democrats are being so losers, yes, I think so. But uh, at the same time, Cambridge Analytica are a nasty bunch of people if you saw the Channel 4 documentary. They're not nice people. They're out to manipulate. They're out to manipulate mass opinion, public opinion. They're using your hopes and fears. So in the U.S., for instance, if they figured out through your Facebook data that you are not already an NRA supporter, they would push videos on you, which basically made you wonder, what would I do in a burglary? And therefore, I should have a gun and therefore turn you into a Republican a supporter and an NRA supporter. So I think uh, uh, this is modern technology at work, doing things we had not imagined. You know, sitting in Russia, you can influence the U.S. elections. Tomorrow, sitting in Pakistan, somebody will be influencing Indian elections or vice versa. So I think these are difficult questions. We need to think about how technology is evolving, you know, at a global scale and bringing new problems we had not heard of or we had heard of, heard of them only at a very local level. But Shivam, is there a difference, for example, when a politician, for example, addresses huge crowd 
and uh, gives facts which are not true, false news, that we've achieved this, we've achieved that, which are factually incorrect, which most po politicians around the world have done, and Trump has certainly done that. I mean, many yeah, people have listed yeah. all his lies through his campaign. And so, and he's talking to crowds who are uh, already there sympathetic to him. So if you compare it to the social media campaign, it's very mm -hmm. similar. So the social media campaign speaks to people who are of that same leaning and uh, buttresses it and sometimes with fake news. So what is the difference between uh, uh, analytics doing what politicians are doing in real life? Yeah, two things. Uh, one is there are things so crazy that even Donald Trump might not see them in a, in a rally to people, such as Hillary Clinton murdered somebody, right? Uh, that's so obviously fake news if he says it in rally to backfire. No, but I wouldn't trust Trump for that because he even said. Who, I wouldn't Sorry? go. So, I wouldn't so go so far as to put uh, let Trump off the hook on telling lies because he has said the most remarkably no, far-fetched so, so, things, so, but, but such as Obama has created think, ISIS. Uh, Trump will say fake news can go beyond it because because Trump can still be held accountable, right? But this fake news, you don't know where it's coming from, what it is, what is the shady website, it'll disappear. It won't exist tomorrow morning, but it left you with some incredible piece of fake news which people might believe, especially if they want to believe, right? Yeah. Uh, Cambridge Analytica says they work on your hidden, they do psychoanalysis of people, and they work on your hidden hopes and desires and fears, things you didn't know even existed inside your head. The second problem with this fake news is, is when it's done by a website and not by a politician, is that it has some sense of legitimacy because it's not coming directly from politicians, but from a third source. So people tend to believe it. You know, like in India, how you'll find lots of people who believe something only because it, it appears on Facebook and WhatsApp. A politician's word is still partisan. But when an independent or quote-unquote independent sounding source is giving it to us, a neutral source, you are inclined to believe it's true or at least we'll wonder if it is true. Yeah, I just went on the Facebook analytics thing. I saw the um, sting operation that uh, Channel 4 or whoever did. Channel 4. Uh, and um, the kind of claims of the CEO are like huge. You know, like everything from we can... They'll set up the sting with, you know, pretty girls and, you know, beautiful girls slip up. It's a Sri Lankan guy who's saying we want to dislodge our government. So from setting up the honey trap to recording it, to uploading it, like they take care of like the whole thing. So uh, I was blown away that he's only been suspended after that. <laughs> and the company still is clinging on to some sort of respectability. This is what we were wondering, whether what they did in mining the data and then sending messages, whether there's any illegality in it or is it just a moral ethical question? Because I presume that when I'm on Facebook, it is public. So if I don't put anything personal there. I think also what's legal and what's illegal will change with, with uh, technology kind of moving ahead so fast. Because the laws can't keep pace with that. But let's from that, let's move on to quickly the JNU case. Does someone just want to give a background and then tell us why well, What that's I different? do know is that this, there have been nine, nine complaints against this professor. And uh, no action taken at all and he's also supposed to be close to the VC is what I 
know from the reports that have come out and there was big agitation i think for two days there were both abvp and uh, isa and i mean student bodies most of them got together protested against this guy he was finally called for questioning arrested and then given bail but it's really i mean some of the complaints it's very harrowing because this guy is he's the supervisor in a phd and he's harassing like eight complaints against this guy for somebody who's supposed to be supervising you for your doctoral studies so it must be like harrowing to work under such a person no but uh, any explanation of how he got bail in 2 hours well that's what they, even in the mahesh murthy case he i think it's a preliminary thing they do and then you do you get, get bail, bail for it yeah because even in that case he was just i think for an hour or so jailed and then he and was jailed. also got bail immediately did this well do no, 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 he, he wasn't jailed, jailed. he wasn't jailed how long was he in tarun has been went to jail i think it was over 6 7 months i think about 6 months he was in jail yeah i see okay maybe okay. longer okay i see and this but i believe these guys did a rasta roko or something genio they yeah and there was a lot of violence oh, this what in college and well there were uh, scenes with rahul shivshankar screaming over the footage uh, saying watch these students look how they're behaving and uh, many of the a lot of women f- policemen and women female students and uh, the female students were quite violent aggressive mm-hmm. haan ji aap bataiye aapne kya suna hai anand ji i think uh, these cases are not unusual in university campuses what was uh, the uh, what you can say instigator for a more swift uh, i mean what you can say more swift action was uh, student activists getting into action uh, agitation now juxtapose it with uh, say something like rea sarkar list or uh, first thing is that women didn't come Uh, uh means uh, they didn't uh, come in public to claim uh, it was an anonymous there was an, an anonymity we talking about the list now yes okay. anonymity with it hmm. so uh, also uh, the power networks in universities particularly central universities like uh, kavita krishnan Uh, and all the old guard left leaning so uh, they somehow came in defense of the accused because of the anonymity factor of uh, the accusers so uh, what uh, those women were not uh, ready to uh, uh, sacrifice was career prospects which these women did I means uh, some may have uh, jeopardized their doctoral studies or a chance of getting professorship in one of the universities so uh, this has also to be taken into consideration that uh, to what extent you are going to sacrifice your career prospects if you have you have to logically pursue a sex- sexual harassment case that's mm. really sad though i mean that women I mean it's sad it is true but it's sad that women have to jeopard it has to be at the cost of career prospects hmm anything you want to add on that shivam before we do our final issue of the day i think it's ridiculous that kanhaiya kumar had to spend 19 days in jail for slogans he never read and this guy released into already arrested in the first place after a lot of protest when what is the what is the problem problem of sexual harassment why is the government administration and the delhi police so reluctant to punish this guy i think it's shameful right anyway on that note let's wind up with the apology tour 
There are apparently 33 cases against Arvind Kejriwal. Yes. And this resolves four of them. Arun Jaitley though apparently hasn't accepted his apology yet. She's going Has to he apologized to Arun Jaitley also? I, yeah. He well, was he about hasn't apologized to? apparently there, there was a report in the paper that there is he has made that offer but Arun Jaitley hasn't taken that offer yet. So um yeah on that Shivam let's start with you what is your view on this whole thing? What does it do? Is it smart? Is it not? Well, I think he finished the Amani party in Punjab overnight. Uh, apologizing to Maritia. You see, it's not just a legal matter. This is a political matter. The allegations were political. The defamation cases filed were political. And therefore, the apology will be seen politically. If you, the defense of the Amani party, so this is only a legal issue. But the apology is not an apology. It's just a way of getting rid of the uh, legal harassment of 33 cases and because, you know, criminal defamation bad in India and so on and so forth, that doesn't really hold water. Uh, I think the Amani party's radical head is totally, completely gone away now. Step after step, apologizing to everybody after having made wide claims about them, like appointing Gupta and Gupta to Rajya Sabha. Hmm. Uh, so the Amani party is no longer that edgy, radical party. But, you know, even if we were to buy this idea of the apologies being a necessary evil because the legal system is so bad and there's legal harassment, we needed to have created create ground for it. We needed to talk to people. This Punjab leader was saying we were in a dark. We didn't know that this apology was going to be offered to uh, Bajikya. When it turns out that Rajesh Shetar was going to Chandigarh every now and then and negotiating with him. Right. So I think all in all, uh, Amani Party had become Arvind Army Party long ago. Now these days it looks like Arvind Apology Party. <laughs> Madhu. I think my uh, understanding is that he was probably misled by lawyers. And very often people forget when lawyers give their opinion, they have to remember that it is an opinion. Lawyers, when they say that you should apologize, uh, it's not a, a fact that is unassailable. I think when a client listens to a lawyer, he must always remind himself, okay, this is one opinion. He should get second and third and fourth opinions on the same issue. So lawyers advised him, apologize because you've got too many cases and you'll be spending all uh, your time in court. I think by apologizing, he's damaged himself uh, politically, his own credibility, giving no reason for the apologies, not saying uh, the apologies are not that I am sorry I said this because it was untrue. It's just simply I apologize because I don't have time to... Attend so many cases, so mm. that is not astute in any sense, and is not uh, what he uh, appeared when he, as when he first became a politician, which is I'm going to run on ethical and moral grounds, and he was anti-corruption. So how can one explain and comprehend his acts and apologizing for charges that he made, which he should stand by because he was elected by people who listened to those charges and believed him. So people voted on the belief that what he was charging was correct. Now he's apologizing to those people, uh, to all these people who he accused. He should really be apologizing to the people who listened to him and, and took his credit and believed him. Hmm. So that is one point. And secondly, I think 
that I believe that Arvind still has support in Delhi uh, from uh, 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 Basti areas, uh, lower middle class, because he is delivering on a lot of issues which really affect people's lives. However, as a politician, he's done no service to Ahmadmi Party in the last year with his fallout with so many different people, corruption charges uh, leveled at many of his own people. There seems to be a lack of cohesiveness and a lack of planning. And he's damaged his credibility in all these fronts. I think the, yeah, I think the Majithi apology was really... Because you said that... You put out tweets like, you know, Ashish Khetan is clinching evidence. Then you said that we'll jail him by April 15th. Like he actually went and said, we'll come to power on this date and then by April 15th, we'll jail him. And... Punjab elections were really uh, fought on the drug problem. There's a piece in the caravan that details links between Majithia and the drug trade. So there were there were grounds, and and the Punjab leaders did. I mean, I think they still feel strongly about that. To, then to just say sorry, it was wrong, is just really weird. But then, like Madhu said, I don't know if I, mean, I don't know if maybe this will help him in Delhi to stay in Delhi, focus in Delhi. But I also feel like had he not broken off with people like Prashant Bhushan and all, he would have had more. I don't know legal. Kind of hmm. supporting to you know take this I think on. This was a political and someone decision to do the made, not fighting for him, you know, like people like like he can just Prashant Bhushan or like Ace are just going and, on. Uh, uh, Manisha, basically, what he's saying is that all the accusations I made were not true. Hmm. That is untenable. So to expand beyond Delhi, that? it's definitely suicidal. If your aim is finally to be a national party, then this is, I think, it was quite suicidal. Hmm. Anand. In. Uh, Say states like Punjab, the AAP made its political debut as a contrarian party. It is in power in Delhi. So uh, its uh, mm, uh, negative ramifications would be in states where uh, it was uh, a contender to power. Because its political space was that contrarian space of anti-corruption. In Delhi, it has, as Madhu said, uh, uh, some sort of uh, socialist governance to say, some soft, some uh, say it has made a constituency in Jugi areas, lower income class. So it has some constituencies to uh, rely on. But in states where it was a contender, new contender to power like Punjab, it has burnt uh, some degree of its political capital. So. Uh, Second thing is, uh, um, initially I thought that uh, it uh, he would uh, apologize in his, uh, with uh, to leaders of his states where it has not power because of financial constraints he cannot fight those cases. But in uh, but to apologize something someone based in Delhi where he has to fight his cases that was uh, uh, that seems like it's now a long term plan to apologize to all. So, uh, so, uh, so financial. Uh, one difficult thing he would find in explaining it is that uh, people would not buy, since he is the Delhi Chief Minister, that you are powerless and you are apologizing. So, if he had yeah. apologized before he was Chief Minister, that would have been a more saleable proposition. So, that, yeah, I mean, I. But it, it uh, uh, going by the public mood or electoral responses to such uh, um, cycles of drama and melodrama, it would not in uh, in a large way, it would not affect its uh, electoral fortunes, I, I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. I think I kind of agree with you. I, I'm not sure how much it affects his electoral pol uh, you know, fortunes because I, I remember from the first resignation uh, as chief minister to sleeping on the road, there have been, I think, about 
25-30 obituaries written yeah. and it's, it, it's and yet people continue to write those but I do think um, if you just uh, it, it should have been a political decision not a legal one and even if he had to go to prison it would politically have been good for him to go to prison but not back out I, I think I think the only reason he wouldn't want to go there is that once he's inside you know who'll run the party or will they find an alternative leader I think that paranoia may have been so, uh, so I, I don't think uh, but yeah we, how this will play out is is hard to say but the interesting thing is that how um, I mean if they can spin it like that that how everyone makes allegations against everyone but all parties only file a case against him hmm. so he could have done that whole you know every sub kind of thing but I, I don't know why he's not doing it <laughs> but um, anyway uh, on that note thank you panel and on, on that note on Arvind what happened to his battle with the bureaucrats it's just there's a quietus on it yeah because when work is happening they, he sends files he doesn't accept files in his house someone does they keep winding every other day now that is a breakdown that happened long ago but has it tragic. been resolved no of no, course it can't be resolved I don't think it will be I don't think there is any, there is no reason to resolve it, right? The central government wouldn't want to say, okay, now get along and work fine. Mm. Let's just say thanks to, thanks Shivam, thanks for joining us, appreciate it. Good luck you. with your travels. <laughs> Have Thank fun. You. Okay, Madhu, your recommendation for the week? Uh, my recommendations is a series of articles that appeared in Indian Express, uh, starting with uh, Harsh Mandar's. Ooh, we should have discussed this also, Ramgu has yeah, so quite this a was, no? Yeah, this was... Um, a Harsh Mandar article titled, headline was Sonia Sadly, Indian Express on March 17th. And then uh, Ramachandra Guha followed it with Liberals, comma, Sadly, on the 20th, three days later. And in today's paper, on the same subject, the argument continues with Suhas Palshikar, uh, t- titled Citizens, ra- Citizenship Rights, Not Burkha. And below that, again on the same subject, is liberally blinkered by Apurvanand. Now, I think uh, it's enjoyable because it's rare that you find an intellectual debate on these issues and uh, respectfully done on all sides. Many of them are friends. And um, <clears throat> it actually discusses uh, Muslim identity. It starts with uh, Harshmandar saying that the uh, pa- pol- political parties welcomed the Muslims if they don't come with skullcaps and burkhas. Mm. And then Ram, uh, Ram and Harshmandar uh, objected to that. Ramu Guha says it's a valid argument. Right. Because if you're objecting to s- saffron-clad people with rishuls, you also uh, object to the identification uh, of with uh, skullcaps. And so if you're going to come, come without any of these... Uh, political marker, uh, markers, markers, identification markers. So that argument continues in these four articles, and it's inter- intellectually argued really well by all four. Yeah, that's what I liked about this because there's no name calling and there's no snide kind of you know hitting back at each other, and there's actually taking the discussion forward. And my favorite piece in all of this uh, was from Tufail Ahmed, which came out in first post. He hmm. responded to Ram Guha, and he, I pretty much agree with him on what this. What is his take? His take is that, uh, you know, you have to now call out burqa for what it is. It is regressive and it's not a choice because most women who wear it don't have a choice. So he's weighing in on Ramu's yeah, side. Yeah, but he also says that in an, in an atmosphere where Muslims are identified for wearing a skull cap, beaten, targeted, there have been multiple videos that have come out like that. It's a bit tone deaf to then just talk about the fact 
just pinning out you know a skull cap or a muslim identity so hmm. he kind of does a balancing act and uh, i think the biggest recommended ha which oh, yeah, what is your recommendation that is my recommendation okay that's and, your recommendation uh, we'd have to say something else on this forgot another one that, that i think is worth reading it's a piece in the guardian where um the t- headline is extremism pays that's why silicon valley isn't shutting it down so tech giants need for engagement uh, for their need for engagement they keep revenues flowing which means they're loath to st- stop driving viewers to ever more unsavory content meaning the more unsavory it is the more it is seen or watched or read one little thing i wanted to add on the ramgoa thing like his response a lot of the left you know just attacked him ki oh you savarna liberal how can you you know tell what women should wear and all and i think the key thing to looking at ramgoa's piece was he talks about how muslim leadership has failed in bringing a community out of its ghettoization that's what he's saying that you need a muslim leader who you know gets people out of their burqas out of their ghettos and i think that's a very valid point and there's a piece you want a leader to help you you know move towards a more liberal progressive so what all th- four are talking about it how important it is for liberals to uh, support strong leaders to fight the communalism in hindus and muslims i read uh, harshwander's piece goha's piece and apurvanand's piece today i have read to fail's piece but yeah An- anand yes, your sir. recommendation and if you want to weigh in on in, on this no i don't want to <laughs> so uh, so um so yeah a very eminent hindi poet passed away early this week kedarnath singh and uh, his body of work uh, it's a very wide ranging body of work uh, in fact uh, he would have uh, seen his death as a withdrawal final kind of expenditure so he once wrote that sara shahar chhanne ke baad मैं इस निष्कर्ष पर पहुंचा हूं कि इस इतने बड़े शहर में मेरी सबसे बड़ी पूंजी है मेरी सांस छोटी सी छाती में बंद मेरी सांस जिसे मैं रोज थोड़ा थोड़ा खर्च कर देता हूं सो ही वुड हैव सीन हिज डेथ एज द फाइनल एक्सपेंडिचर ऑफ दैट सो हिज वर्क थ्री कलेक्शन वन इज अकाल में सारस एंड देन टॉल स्टॉय और साइकिल एंड देन देर Uh, one is abhi bilkul abhi so this uh, the three poetry collection if you find it translated into english you can also read but read it in it originally hindi right so um i just like to weigh in on that issue before i give my recommendation i would side more with ram guha i see what harshmandar is saying and apurvanand I, i but i agree more with ram guha purely because while i understand that in the time when muslims are being targeted for being muslim to tell them to get rid of that marker is kind of you know acknowledging that okay we will be second class citizens but i think it's that simple i think the people who have the most to lose also have the most to you know fight back toward and while that fight back has to be one against hindu majoritarianism i think the whole burqa and islamic markers is not just a choice it is a political statement in today's day and age so you can do it in the sense of uh, you know uh, defiance but if like this whole 
Jairam Jiki was a you know creating I grew up with when I was young. Amali always said Jairam Jiki everyone, but Jai Shri Ram I'm uncomfortable with. A saffron when I see all these goons on motorcycles and a saffron muffler, I know what it means. So I do think um, if one is to kind of correct that, I I think Ram Goa's argument was a sound argument. I don't I don't I don't see it as wrong. And my recommendation is. Radio Open Source podcast. It's called MLK's Living Legacy. Why I love Radio Open Source podcasts is because they just make you look at things in a different way. Things you've known and read about, and you may know a lot about. And this looks at Martin Luther King as a religious man. That how deeply religious he was, and you know you always see him as being this fighting for liberal causes because you know fighting against uh, segregation is is a liberal cause. But on the other hand. how deeply religious he was and how religion was the fountain head of all his beliefs really and that kind of you know it's very difficult to resolve exactly christianity for christianity he was he was a and uh, even the way he spoke was i have seen the promised yeah, land and all that his style was that of a preacher, of in, a preacher. Bla- in a black church yeah exactly oh. he used to talk and how important that was to him so he wasn't just talking about um you know being um free of segregation so that and where he and the other you know black panthers and or or, or the kya uh, na malcolm x where they diverged was that they also wanted to have the opportunity to do what the white man was doing he said none of us should be doing what the white man mm-hmm. is doing the whole capitalist system he was against and how obama who kind of took over his legacy and kind of positioned himself as you know mart that he is the culmination of martin luther king's speech how far off from truth he was because he did nothing that martin luther king would have uh, you know uh, wanted done i think it's a brilliant part so when he speaks mm. like when martin luther's speech uh, king speech speeches he says and then i have seen and you'll see the audience saying amen mm. that's what happens oh. in the black churches hmm very interesting on that note do subscribe help us grow help us make news laundry a sustainable operation and change the news model forever if you don't like us help someone else but do get involved until next time thank you panel thank you acha kaho chahe bura kaho jhoota kaho chahe sacha kaho acha kaho bura kaho jhoota kaho sacha kaho humko sab ko bol humse bhool ho gayi humka All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.